Hey everybody, welcome to Cannons on the Run. Episode 10. <gasps> I am Frater Jordan. 10. I'm so excited about 10. We're stuck on 10. <laughs> I'm Frater Jonathan. Uh, and uh, we are recording from St. Norbert Abbey. In De Pere, Wisconsin. A Norbertine production. Where we talk about being Frater's. Men in formation. Mm-hmm. Brothers in St. Norbert. Amen. Amen. What have we been up to? So you all may not know this because you just hear the episodes when they're released. But we recorded, if you may recall, both of the most recent episodes in Chicago, Illinois, at our House of Studies. I was down there visiting everyone who lives down there, including Frater Jordan. So the last time we were together recording was just over a month ago. So when you heard the most recent episode... Classes had already started for me in the spring, but when we recorded, they had not. So since we last recorded, I have started my philosophy classes for this spring semester at St. Norbert College, along with my classmate, Frater Ahn. We are taking 20th century philosophy and existentialist thought. Yeah, so basically, there are several moments in those classes where I think, hmm, sometimes it's like an hour of... I'm thinking in my head, okay, hold on. It's going to maybe connect in a minute. And after an hour of an hour and a half class, I finally go, sometimes I think, oh, that's what we're talking about. It's great. It really challenges philosophy. I really do believe that we all should have good study of philosophy. I just like how philosophy forces me to think outside of the way I'm used to thinking, Sure, which is good. Well, I really liked existentialism when I took that class. Yeah. Heidegger was probably my favorite uh, out of that class. I was like, that's some pretty good stuff. He's a good guy. (laughs) I like Kierkegaard a lot right now. We're reading him, so he's fresh in my mind. He writes some pretty cool stuff. He uses Abraham um, from the Bible as an example of... He just writes some really cool stuff. I like how Kierkegaard is. Yeah. Other than that, um, there's a Green Bay Area young adult book discussion group that comes and meets once a month at St. Norbert Abbey. And we have a different book that we read in advance and discuss. Sometimes it's nonfiction or it could be we've had like an encyclical by past popes. Uh, in this case, the most recent book we discussed was the first part of the Canticle of Leibowitz. If you like nonfiction or sci-fi at all, I really recommend it. It's a cool book. We are reading parts two and three for our next meeting in March. And good discussion. There's about eight to ten people um, as of late, but as many as 20 come to these. And we read the books. Whoever whoever is leading it has some discussion questions, and we just have some nice discussion around that. So how about you? What have you been up to? Something kind of cool that's been happening with some of my fellow ministers for youth ministry at the parish. One of the guys is like, hey, us guys should do something. So we have this thing that uh, one of the guys took initiatives and and was like, hey, TNT, Texas Hold'em and Theology. So us uh, youth ministers get together, play some Texas Hold'em and discuss God. And it's kind of a fruitful, pretty neat experience because this is an intentional small group, this TNT group, um, that you can enter or deepen your relationship with God and one another as church. So it's neat to enter church on a different level in a small, more intimate setting. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, it's, it's fun. But then also a couple weeks ago, outside of the parish, it's, it's interesting. There's a, there's a few, um, few homeless uh, folks outside, very, very friendly people, fun to interact with them. But uh, there was a new guy 
and there was kind of like a turf war going on. The new guy asked me, you know, hey, what's with the get up? Of course, referring to the habit. Mm-hmm. And I was explaining to him who I was as Norbertine and Catholic and aspiring to become a priest. And, and he's like, oh, that's, that's really cool. Well, then another guy who's been there for a while came up to him and was like, what are you doing bothering, bothering father here? Of course. Sure, just assuming. Yeah, right. just assuming. And he's like, I'm not asking him for money. I just want to know his story. And I'm like, okay, let's just settle down here. Well, things, they settled down and I could carry on this conversation. But, uh, you know, it was, it was cool conversation just because of the habit. And that he shared his story with me. It was a great opportunity, I guess, to just share in storytelling. That's a really cool conversation. I think that's so much of what formation is for us, you know, throughout this whole time is that there's these certain things we're supposed to do, that we're planned to do, that we're guided to do, and those are good and those are powerful. But some of the most memorable things are what you're talking about, these conversations that come out of nowhere. Someone on the street, when I'm working at St. Willibrard Parish in downtown Green Bay, Someone who comes just to the parish offices during the day who I've never met with a particular need. Um, You know, those types of things that just really give me perspective immediately. And just sitting there and being with that person, getting to know them, their name, talking to them. Those are some of the most powerful things, which sounds like that's another one that you had there with that conversation with those guys um, outside the church, which is really cool. That actually transitions perfectly into what we want to talk about today. We talked last time about walking this tightrope between being contemplative and active as Norbertines of living both of these lives. So these conversations can be so life-giving to us, but there is also a part that's planned that we do need to pay attention to or else it's just kind of this, you know, really broad sense of learning. What does that learning look look like? You know, um, just like if a person's going to school, you don't just go to college and say, well, I'm studying school. <laughs> you know, like unless you're an education major like yourself. <laughs> True, yeah, in, in a literal sense, yep, I'm studying school. So what does that specifically look like as Norbertine frauders, as people who have recently joined the Norbertines? What does studying here look like? Yeah, because I, I know in my hometown and even down in Chicago at the parish, uh, there isn't a clear perception of who we are. People usually ask, well, are you going to come back here? and be our pastor or Mm -hmm. serve within the diocese. And I usually have to see the glum face when I go, no, I'm actually going back to our abbey in Green Bay when everything is said and done. Mm -hmm. And it's like, what? Why are you here? Like, there's a lot of confusion, Mm -hmm. right? Because we're seminarians and we're not seminarians in a sense. Like, the language isn't there in a common way. Mm -hmm. Diocesan men who are studying for priesthood are known as seminarians. Mm -hmm. Us... We're a little bit different because we're joining a community. So, yeah, there's the priestly component uh, with some of us aspiring towards priesthood. But one of the main differences is that we're joining a community to live in. And so we're not only being formed for priesthood, ordained ministry, but we're also being formed for community life, specifically life here at St. Norbert Abbey in De Pere, Wisconsin. Mm -hmm. And that's been interesting to experience for me going through my second year as a novice. To see your one and your two should look drastically different because they're supposed to help us understand both parts of our identity as Norbertines. And so in our constitutions, you know, we're talking about, you know, what is a Norbertine frauder? Our constitutions list initial formations. So when we join, 
when we're vested in the white habit, what is the scope of formation? This is kind of like our guiding, guiding line, guiding principle here. That formation is established to help the candidate respond faithfully to his divine vocation so that he may grow harmoniously into a mature human and Christian person. Mm-hmm. Holiness. One word, holiness. Holiness, yeah. I like some of the language we have in there. We use the word harmoniously. That's great. Inner harmony, I think, is a great way of talking about basically that inner harmony is aligning to God's will is how I hear that, you know. To go harmoniously would then put you more in touch with God within you and more free than to be both mature as a human and mm-hmm. Christian in our daily actions, our word and Christian in our word and deed. Yeah. Well, and, and for me, like the word that stuck out to me was mature because I think all of us want to get things right the first time. Mm-hmm. And so you and I, we had careers before entering religious life. Mm-hmm. And it's like, I wouldn't trade any of that experience of being in a career to get it right the first time because I learned so much about the world Mm -hmm. and about myself. And even this life, being a Norbertine, I can recall my first year, Novitiate, thinking that, you know, even if this doesn't work out, I still learned so much about myself and so much about God. Mm -hmm. Because the first year is really a moment to slow down and it's the contemplative part of contemplation and action. Mm -hmm. I spent a lot of time in prayer and a lot of time in reading about the history of the order. Mm -hmm. Before everybody else gets up, spending a half hour before the Blessed Sacrament in my foggy brain uh, (laughs) of like just going for a run and then still trying to wake up, a lot of insights came. No matter where we are, we learn something more. We grow in maturity. And especially this life, of spending time in an abbey, you grow in your Christian faith, mm-hmm. right? So that so that was one. But then another one was just kind of being there and thinking, am I crazy for doing this? Am I a fool, right? And thinking about all the things I could be doing. And then all of a sudden this, this surge, like this movement on my heart, I could hear God speaking to me. God just said, Jordan, yes, you could, but that's not who I'm calling you to be. I'm calling you to be here with the Norbertines. I'm calling you to be a priest. Mm -hmm. And, you know, those experiences don't happen all the time in prayer. Mm -hmm. But it was just like, wow, wow. So sitting before the Blessed Sacrament, you just felt like this inner voice, God speaking within you saying, no, I need you to be here. Yeah. It's like, yeah, you could do other things. Mm -hmm. You could do something else. But Mm -hmm. that's really beautiful. Yeah. This is where I'm calling you to be. And that's what year one is built around, growing in contemplation and within the community life itself, within the building where we are. And we also need to work on being able to go out and give to others. Once we've done this, begun this growing process, right? It's never finished, of course, but begun this growing process of being more mature as a human and being more Christian in our regular actions and and loving our neighbor, as Jesus calls us to do. The first year is all about contemplation and inner growth. Year two is an apostolic year, we call it that, all about growth outside of yourself and looking, you know, looking outside of yourself. Yeah. So you said there were a few moments where you said, am I a fool? Is this really what I should be doing? I'm a fool for Christ. Nice. Absolutely. Beautiful. That's, that's, the, yeah. that's the other side. That's what we hopefully get yeah. to is to get to that point, right? Yeah. So when we ask that question, I'm actually curious because I've also had that question in terms of I had things going on before joining the order and it's easy to think there are certain things that I know I could go 
I feel, you know, if I resume, resumed teaching, there's stuff that I loved doing that I liked doing, I knew how to do. Mm-hmm. And there is this question, especially going about my day, that you have this question of, like, am I, am I a fool? Is this ridiculous to think this? When did that happen for you? Did you did you feel like, you know, you had been in the order for your first few months and then you asked that? Did it happen shortly? Did it happen? Did it stop happening after that moment in front of the Blessed Sacrament? I'm just curious. Well, it happened before joining. Yeah. Where I'm like, why do I have these feelings? Like in the mm-hmm. discernment process, like, mm-hmm. what? Like, why would I give up a job and everything that I know mm-hmm. to do this? Mm-hmm. So, I mean, it started way before that. I had it, obviously, at this experience and maybe in moments of despair, it creeps in, but it's yeah. not as it's not as strong as uh, it was in initial discernment and novitiate mm-hmm. uh, and being formed. Yeah, right on. I appreciate you sharing that because that's you know that's an inner dialogue I have from time to time. Same thing, asking, "Am I? Is this just? Am I just chasing a pipe dream here? Is just this kind of a you know an idea?" But I think that's what the first year is so important for. Is that well, in our society, we have to be forced to spend time not doing other things to fill the mm. time, to fill our mind with other thoughts, to think about whatever. So to really grow in our inner relationship with God. Um, so for me, during that for- first year, along with hermitage and then just spending that time in prayer, I remember what started to happen after three, four, five, six, five, six months after January, because in January, at least for Father An and me, we went to Dalesford Abbey to study, which is what you alluded to, with a few confreres to learn about the history of the order, that kind of a thing, with some confreres yeah. of ours who are experts in that. So that was great. And then when I came back, that was when I remember having some more thoughts. Basically, I felt like I was just staring intently at myself a lot. You know, you're just like hyper self-aware, which at one point gets exhausting. But the first year I feel is a sense of dying. There's, you've just, you've got to lose some things. And so for me, I remember that was wondering things like, you know, what if I don't ever teach specifically in a classroom again? What if I don't look at music again in the sense that I did where I studied voice, I studied piano and saying, you know, am I okay with just being a child of God, a son of God? Can I just sit in silence and let God love me? You know, things I just never would have even contemplated before because those were always ways I thought were, were avenues to God. Just recently, I had a conversation. Basically, I heard, well, no, we need to have context through which to become and to keep growing as a child of God. So it was almost like that first year allowed me to let go of those things and recognize, okay, what's going on in my life without them? And now put them back in. But now that I've taken things away and looked at what do I feel like? How do I inter- how do I interact with God without those things I'm used to using as ad- identity pieces? Yeah. Now that they're back in, there's so much more life-giving. And more than ever before, I at least feel more prone to think of where is God in this always? Where is God in my music? Where is God in my teaching? Because, man, there is something in my heart that just soars. I have this spark in me when I get to work in a classroom with students of any age or adults in a classroom learning type setting when I get to do music. And if I don't have those, something feels like it's missing. So that transition from first year to second year, yeah. man, it's kind of rough. But it was really helpful for me to let go of those things, to feel a little bit lost, and then to put them back in anew, which I needed through other people helping me see that. Well, do you think now because of that? I I thought I heard you say that now you find God in teaching or you're more conscious of it maybe than before, Mm -hmm. right? Absolutely. I I still am working on the words to figure it out, but... Like it becomes less about the action and more... It's about God. Like it's no longer about this teaching or this activity, but this activity is a mechanism to encounter God. It's a vehicle. It's an encounter. 
with mm-hmm. God. It's not about the action itself anymore. Absolutely. Uh, in this conversation with this confrere, recognizing, okay, but then what is God asking me to do with this? So uh, yes, being with the Norbertines makes sense. Yes, going through formation makes sense. But okay, I'm really enjoying the time at the parish. I enjoy music. I enjoy teaching. There are all these skills I'm thankful that God has given me that I'm starting to recognize I love. Mm-hmm. God, what do you want me to do with all of them? And basically, this confrere of ours calmly said, great, that's exactly where you need to be. The first year, contemplation is about dying to self. And the second year is about resurrection in a lot of different ways and letting that come back into our lives. For me, in this case, recognizing these skills or these joys that I find and then what you just helped me articulate too, it just feels mm-hmm. clearer to recognize these things need to be for God. Yeah. On the second year, working at Norbertine apostolates, right? Mm-hmm. So it's not only about ministry, but it's also ministering with and being mentored by other Norbertines, mm-hmm. right? Where was yours at? We've always, I'm in my second year, so we talk about it a lot, but yours, we've never really heard about uh, your second year. Mine was at Our Lady of Lourdes Parish and School, mm-hmm. uh, mentored under Father Tim, was there at the time. Mm-hmm. What did you, what was your role there? Yeah, great question. Uh, <laughs> well, because it is, right? Because you're kind of, you're, you're being inserted into something for a year, and it's, so you're just kind of observing a lot, filling in where yeah. you can. So we were both at parishes, I imagine yours is similar, but... Yeah, no. So I had experience in liturgy, uh, being at the all-school mass, uh, leading uh, communion and word services on Father Tim's Day off Monday, alternating with the deacon and a lay minister of prayer. Uh, So we'd alternate. So got some experience with that. And then uh, kind of helped out with youth ministry and filled in, substitute CCD taught, uh, had lunch with the kids in the school helped out with religious education. So yeah, I mean, there's a lot of observing, but I got some hands-on, in the dirt mm-hmm. kind of experience. So Our Lady of Lourdes has a school. St. Willibrod used to have a school, no longer does. So the students that come to us are from different public schools, typically the families there. Our Lady of Lourdes, they have a school connected to it, right? Right. K through K- eight? Yeah, K through eight. Cool. So you have to experience yeah. that as well. Yeah. Wow. So, I mean, yeah, the second year, I think it's, being formed as a Norbertine, mm-hmm. right? So working with other Norbertines, there's a particular charism that we bring to our ministry because of that first year of learning about the order, learning about the community, and learning more about ourselves. Mm-hmm. And as Norbertines, we bring our charism with us wherever we go. That's kind of unique and different. Mm. from another ordered priest or a diocesan priest, which is not bad, but it's just, it's different. That's a beautiful way to end. I love that. I I honestly don't think I've ever heard anyone say it that way. We bring that charism with us wherever we go. So to recognize that when we go to these apostolates, where we help at parishes, schools, etc., that we bring this combination of prayer, contemplative life, and active life. That, you know, obviously we're doing that, but to think of that as a thing that we bring with us when we interact with people it's beautiful thank you for saying that i like that a lot well i can't take total credit that came from my novice classmate who was a diocesan priest and joined the norbertines oh wow he told he told me that nice again community life enhancing all of us that's great so what we hope we just hope to inform you specifically what it is for us in formation what that really looks like for those first couple of years because we recognize, especially during that first year, it's kind of like we disappear inside of a monastery for a while. So it's fun to get to share with everyone what that inner journey is like for us. Yeah. And hopefully uh, we'll continue maybe a little bit more of our education 
it's a long process being a Norbertine. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's about six years. So until you're in solemn vows and looking at uh, ordination. Well, the bells rang, so we're gonna have to we're gonna have to run pretty quick. So, thanks for listening to the podcast. Um, we had a bunch of comments uh, from our last two, so Super we really awesome. appreciated that uh, hearing from different folks. Uh, so, thank you. Keep them coming in. Uh, we try to respond as best we can. Uh, sometimes we don't do as well, but uh, but we're learning. So, be patient with us and keep sending in responses because we love to hear from you. Yeah. So, check us out. www.norberteens.org or on iTunes. Make sure to subscribe, give us a review, or and uh, rate us. Mm-hmm. And keep us in prayer as we keep you in prayer, as we all continue on this journey of one mind and one heart on the way to God. St. Norbert, pray for us. Pray for us.